So Shay and I, my wife, are both business owners and we have two daughters. And so we are juggling family and businesses, multiples, um, and it's it's a constant juggling act. And so it, both categories of our life seem to demand a lot of our attention and our time and intentionality. And so one of the questions that we get a lot is, how do you balance the two as, as a couple, as a family? Um, how do you try to both be high performers or have big goals or want to be successful or chase your dreams and at the same time try to raise a family and have a thriving marriage? Like it seems very challenging. And the short answer is we don't do it perfectly and we're in counseling. So we're working on this stuff. But what we thought we would do in today's episode is actually share with you four commitments that we have made to each other and to our family that help us allow our businesses and family to flourish. They're not perfect, but they're things we've really held tightly to like, hey, we're going to fight for these things. So in today's episode, we're going to share those four commitments, sort of bring you behind the curtain in terms of how we think about family and business in hopes that maybe one or two of these might inspire you or give you some ideas of what you can do, whether you're married or single or have a family to make sure that both your home life and your business life are flourishing. Let's discuss. Welcome back to the show. I've got a great episode for you today. I'm bringing on Shay again. We're going to have some fun talking so you won't just get my thoughts and feedback. She'll hold me accountable in case anything I'm saying is not true. So um, so glad to have Shay here. Before we jump into, into the conversation, I do want to give you something. If you are brand new to starting your business or you're, you're getting into the passive income side of business and you're like, yeah, I, I, I've got family on lock or family's going well, I need, I need to make the money. I need the business side to grow. I want to give you a tool to do that. It's my 30-day online income jumpstart guide. Think of this as a kick in the butt to go make money in the next 30 days. Follow the step-by-step four-week checklist. It literally is bullet points, friend. Just do this, then do this, do then this. And you can start from zero audience, zero product, zero business idea to four weeks from now making a few hundred dollars realistically. I've had some people go make thousands of dollars. That's not typical, but usually my students who follow this step-by-step plan can make their first three to $500 in the next 30 days, which will just encourage the heck out of you that you can do it. And then you can go build a thriving business. It's absolutely free. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash jumpstart. Or if you're watching on YouTube, I'm gonna link to it in the description. That's my 30-day online income jumpstart guide. grahamcochran.com slash jumpstart. All right, Shay. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Shay is a multi-six-figure business owner in her own right. She runs socialsquares.com. And we have a family. We have two daughters, 13 and 10. And uh, man, the school year's picked up and activities and life. And so um, how would you describe real briefly the season of life that we're in as both business owners and teenager and preteen life? Yeah, it's a great season. It's a full great season, right? So I think we've been saying that it's been a really sweet season since our kids were uh, past the age of maybe six was when I feel like the turn happened and parenting became significantly easier. And so it's been fun to enjoy the kids in this age where they can like take themselves to the bathroom and, you know, be accountable for their own things Um, and then watching them grow as humans. So, yeah, we're smack in. I guess the middle to end of middle school, which has been awesome. I think middle school has been great. And then we've got a a little preteen, like a a 10 year old will turn 11 um, in a few months. So, I mean, it's full 
right? Like you and I both work. We have different work hours. We're kind of juggling back and forth. We're trying to shut it down and then transition to family. We're all in on family. Um, and we're, you know, we'll break down some of that, but evenings are full of family things. Some of those evenings are not full. We set them aside just for relaxation and fun. And then other nights we're running just like everybody else. We're going to gymnastics. We're going to dance. We're going to church. We're going to, you know, we're going, we're driving, we're playing Uber (laughs) for our kids. Uh, and we're trying to connect. I mean, you and I are trying to work in dates and, um, we're just, we're fighting. I think in this season, we're just fighting for our priorities, but it's, it's good. And overall, like it's really healthy and fun. Sometimes it's a little bit exhausting, but overall, I think this season is full, but fun. I I would agree. And I would say in, in full humility, I think that we have a great marriage, not a perfect yeah. marriage. We have Great kids, not perfect kids. I'm working on that. I'm trying to get them to be my perfect, obedient slave children. No, but um, great kids. Um, we have great businesses, not perfect, right? Like right. they're they're not as perfect as as maybe some people think they are. There's always problems and there always challenges and things change. But I would say marriage, children, home life, businesses are actually great, although Good. not perfect. Seventeen it's, years of marriage. I mean. I know, right? Next month, 17 years. So that's huge, huge for us. So we have a lot to celebrate. And so we get questions a lot about how do you do it all? And we are not experts on this and we are nope. figuring it out. And if just so you remember, like Shay and I were, were starting our family in the midst of a massive global recession. I was starting a brand new business. Shay was pivoting her business. Um, it was we question moved. mark after question mark. And yeah, we had just moved across the country um, we left family and friends and we had a small group of friends here in, in Tampa and it was a challenging season. So our f- little families had to grow in a soup of uncertainty. It's <laughs> never been really stable in the early years, but it's become more stable. And I think what we're going to talk about today are four reasons why it's become as good as it has been so far. So these are what Shay and I are calling maybe four commitments that we've made intentionally that we try to live by uh, again and a commitment is a good word to use because it's, we don't perfectly do it. I don't execute it always, but we are mentally, emotionally, and verbally. We talk about it. We are committed to these four things. And our hope is just by sharing them with you. If you're a business owner, if you're married, if you have children, and even if you're single and you're just a business owner, this is really important for you because no one told us these things before we started to grow a family or before we started, life got more complicated Figure these things out now, commit to these things now in your singleness when you have more flexibility and autonomy with your time and your future family or whatever that looks like down the road will benefit greatly from it. So I would say the first commitment as we get right into it uh, is have a family first mentality. Hmm. Um, and, And the simple version of this is that family success comes before business success. It's a good word. So Shay, help us unpack what, what what comes to mind when you think about this commitment that we've made. Yeah, man, I, I think it's just about the th- elevating the marriage thriving and the family unit thriving and then the parent relationship. So those are kind of like three components, right? One is like, how are you and your spouse doing if you're married? Two is like, how are, are you doing as a family? Are you connected as a family? Uh, what are the family dynamics? Is there uh, peace and joy and respect and kindness. Like how's the family unit doing? Are you united under certain family values? And then how is the parent relationship going with each of the individual children? I think that that 
has to come first, both in our minds and our hearts, and then also very functionally, practically, which is where I think most of us go wrong, is that I think in internally, we all want to have a family first mentality. We would say, yeah, my my marriage comes first or my kids come first before work. The reality is the way that we live our lives is almost completely opposite that some in some ways by force, right? You might spend literally I mean, this season of life with kids. You, your kids spend more time at school than they spend with you. Or if you have a, if you are working 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, you are literally spending more time at work. Um, and maybe you may or may not have a choice in that. If you're an entrepreneur, then I would argue, you know, you, you have a choice. That's awesome. But it's about deciding that that is, that's the order of your priorities and then making choices to functionally live that out. So if the family isn't thriving, if those three areas aren't thriving, then something needs to change about work. And I don't think we think of it like that. Like, oh, that's a family problem or that's a work problem. But if, if you're an entrepreneur and you have the luxury and the privilege of owning your own business and therefore owning your own time, then if there is a problem in the marriage, in the family relationship, in the individual parenting relationships with each of the kids, then you have a work problem. And something can shift about work and maybe should shift about work to enable you to repair and care for that area of life so that that thrives and then your work is going to thrive in turn. Yeah. So like if people try to use the word like work-life balance or, um, you know, work family balance, what we're kind of saying is that like the family is, is that's primary and you have to fit business around it as frustrating as that might be. And so that's a concept, but then that shows up in very specific decision-making things. And and you said something that I thought was worth sharing about disappointing. Who would you rather disappoint? What's that? Well, it's, it's just interesting that we were so much more willing to disappoint our family or our spouse than we are to disappoint our clients right? We really don't want to let our clients down, but we don't mind letting a kid down, not showing up for a sporting event or not playing with our phone away or letting our spouse down because we've got our laptop open on the kitchen counter, you know, in the evenings. We're so much more willing to let family down than we are to let clients down. And I think we've got to reverse that. And I think, you know, you said we have to make family the center or family primary, like when we're talking about work-life balance, which I know people don't love that term, but we have to put family first. And I would say we we get to put family first. And here's why, because family is forever. Work is temporary. Family is forever. You are going to have those kids forever. Lord willing, you're going to have that spouse relationship forever. And even if it doesn't end well, they're still going to somehow be in your life. Like, Family is forever. Work is work comes and goes. So that's why you get to you get to foster that most important aspect of your life, and then work will sit under that and support that. Yeah, such a good word. And I know we'll move on to the other three commitments, but this is the most important of the four because this kind of becomes an umbrella for how we view everything else. But it it does show up in those things in that. Um, and I mean, I fall into this also. I mean, I, I'm teaching people how to grow their businesses and reach specific monetary goals. And the problem therein is that it's it's such a compartmentalized part of of our life. And so I'm always trying to weave in life too. It's not just business. And and some people get that. A lot of my students get that and they want that. And, and maybe that's why they're attracted to my message. But some people are like, keep keep that stuff out. Like, I just want to reach these goals. I want to, I want, my struggle is as a, a man, I've always had this as just as an individual is, I want to make an impact on the world. I've always, since I was a kid, yeah. I've imagined 
being in front of thousands of people. And I thought at first it was as a performer, um, but it's, it's now as an educator and as a thought leader and all these things, like I've always imagined impacting thousands of people. And my bent is to want to go out there and impact those people out, out there. there. Yeah, yeah. Do great things. And then I've got these three wonderful people in here that I have the most impact with. That will be my greatest legacy. And my greatest impact mm -hmm. is you and the girls, like how I support you and make sure you are all flourishing and vice versa. To your point, mm -hmm. my business could go in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've had businesses change. I've had career things change, but yeah. we're always a family. So why am I going to put so much effort well, into reading all the books and learning all the things and pursuing yeah. the work stuff and not do that with my family? I mean, work, your work, if you think of it this way, like work is going to maybe last a generation, maybe, maybe I will run this business my whole life. Probably not. So it may not even last a generation. Maybe some of you are trying to build legacy businesses that you pass down to your kids and maybe then it trickles into the next generation in a way. But the legacy that you leave in your home absolutely has impact generation after generation after generation because it's about the way that you are um, like creating another human and raising up another human and the character and the work ethic and the values that they have. And then everyone that that your child is connected to and then the children that they have and the values and the work ethic and the character and the integrity that you've instilled in them gets instilled in their children. So family impact is generation after generation after generation. And for most of us, our businesses are not going to leave that same kind of legacy. They that's might be huge. wide, you know, and yeah. that's amazing. That's awesome. But they're not going to go for generation after generation the way that showing up for your family can. Yeah, that's a good analogy, right? Like we can have wide impact if your business mm -hmm. touches a lot of people, but the depth of character development and the personality and that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty critical, right? Yeah. Um, I love it. So family first mentality is important for us, right? And so we try to always like come back to that. The second commitment, and now we're starting to get practical, is that evenings and weekends are for family. Evenings and weekends are for family. So that's somewhat broad in that like Shay and my work schedules have changed over the years and might continue to change. And then you know, some weeks, you know, it's, it's a little bit crazier if you have a launch or whatever, but so it allows some flexibility as opposed to like, these are my set work hours, which again, those could be flexible, but we have kids who are in school age. And so they're going to be in school between the hours of, you know, eight and three or whatever it is. But we want to make sure that whenever the kids come home, one or both of us are home. And eventually both of us are home by the evening time, by five o'clock, we're both done, whatever it is. We have different work days, but we reserve the evenings and the weekends, Saturdays and Sundays for our family, because we're already away from them enough. They're away from us enough. Like mm -hmm. Shay was saying earlier uh, at school, that's kind of their work. We've got our work. So we've decided to put a hedge around these times and make sure that they are at least first step set aside for family and then be not being you know, protecting it. So it's not infiltrated by work and other things that are getting yeah. into the evenings and weekends. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, you know, to add to that caveat, everyone is in a different season of life. And uh, there are some industries that might require you work on the weekends or work on the evenings. I'm thinking about like wedding photographers and, and just some of those industries where they have a little less leeway. So don't tune this out. My invitation to you would be, okay, what is the time that you do have with your family? So if we have from five o'clock until we put our kids in bed at nine o'clock, that's four hours each evening. If we're not including activities, 
four hours each evening. Where can you make, if it doesn't work for you to do that in the evenings, where are you going to recoup that time? So, you know, again, not everyone's kids are the ages of our kids. A lot of you have younger kids. We got, <laughs> we, uh, you know, got things rolling a little sooner than some. So our kids are already in school. Uh, maybe that's not you, but please don't tune this out. The point is, what is the time that you have that is just family time? And what are you doing to protect it from distractions and interruptions, work distractions and interruptions, uh, so that you are guarding that time? So what are some of the ways that we do that? here in our house. Yeah. I mean, so we have set work hours that we're, we already know, like I know when Shay's going to be in and out of the office and she knows when I'm going to be in and out of the office. It's not this open-ended, like I, I hope Graham comes home, you know, I hope <laughs> like soon, or I don't know, or Hey, texting me, are you going to be home for dinner? Like she knows, cause we've set these work hours. Yeah. Um, we, one thing we try to do practically that not great at, but put the phone away when we're home, Yeah. you know? So I know phones blend both work and personal, but that's the problem too. Is it like you could just be checking a text from your, your, your brother or your mother, but like you could also be getting a Slack message or a Voxer (laughs) message or an email. So one, one practical thing is that Shay and I've turned off pretty much all notifications. We don't get email pushed to our phone. We don't get any of that stuff, but you can, because we struggle with it. Like even with all those, all those notifications, email notifications, text, Instagram, you know, any social media, all those notifications are off. Texting is on, but anything else, and we don't do any work texting. We still struggle with it. So if we're struggling with it and we're not getting notifications, how much you can struggle with it when you are getting a reminder that like, oh, you know, one of your employees responded to you or there was this, you know, issue with a website issue or something like that. So. We, yeah, I mean the, the the phone the phone is the office. So mm-hmm. if you don't if you go home and you're still on your phone, you have not left the office. Yeah, you just haven't. And and it's hard. I get it because the, it's also our connection to outside life mm-hmm. and family and friends, and they're just all on the same device. Which it's hard. But you know you have to be a big girl or big boy and say, okay, well this isn't helping me if I'm on my phone in the evenings because I'm home. That's my challenge. I'm home a lot. I don't, I'm not in the office very much at all, but it's the phone. It's like the black void that I can get sucked into. So we try to put the phone away and, and with iPhone, they've got really, really smart in terms of like really simple things you can have. Do not disturb at certain times on certain yeah. apps. So you yeah. can even say, keep text open, but shut off Voxer and Slack when I get home. Like you can, if you want to, you just set it all up to protect yourself, to protect the, that time. Um, that's family time. And then yep. related, but unrelated is work email even if you don't have push notifications, it is tempting to, I just need to check work email real quick because yeah. someone is waiting to hear back from me or, you know, Shay and I aren't in the office very much. So we're not an email very much. And it can feel, we almost feel guilty. Like I'm not going to check email for three days. So is that a big, the problem is, is, you know, if you do check, you're, you're just sucked suck right in. into whatever you see. <laughs> so you have to just say no work email outside of whenever you've decided to do work email. Yeah. I mean, the way I think about it for myself and, and for most of you, this will also apply. I'm in, you know, stock photography, as you can tell, there are no styled stock emergencies. There just aren't. <laughs> and I have to remind myself that, especially because if my last workday of the week is on Thursday and my first workday of the next week is on Tuesday, quite a few days are going to pass. Quite a lot of email is going to, you know, I have teams all over the, that are working in totally different. Now they're not even all in the country and they're on different time zones. So if anyone feels the stress of like, this is going to really slow things down if I'm not on top of it. It's me. But again, it comes down to the family first mentality. If you can't choose, if you're not choosing family first in the small decisions, you're not going to be choosing family first in the larger way that you're approaching life. That's a good word. Moving on to commitment number three, which is related, um, but 
taking it a step further is tech-free family dinners. Okay. The family dinner. Viva la family dinner. (laughs) If you could do one thing, if you have kids or if you're married, you could do one thing that could change your life. It is commit to family family dinner. dinner around the dinner table. You know, that wooden thing that's sitting in that part of your house that has chairs Hmm. at it. It's crazy. It's called a dining room table. What about, don't you eat dinner in front of the glowing thing on the wall while you sit on your sofa? Or in the car? You know, yeah, that's where you're supposed to eat. better if you're just sitting and eating. Oh, man. I feel like, I mean, I think we may or may not do a whole episode on family values, but if there's one thing that has solidified our family unit more than anything else, I think it's prioritizing family dinner. I think it's trying to minimize after school activities is part of it. Um, uh, even up until last year, we only had things on two nights of the week, I want to say. We have a little bit more now. And even then, we just fight for family dinner, real food around the table, everyone's sitting, phones are absolutely not allowed at the table, television is absolutely not on, TV isn't on in our house in the afternoon anyway, TV is like weekends or a few evenings, that kind of thing, TV's off, but man, where else are you connecting with your kids, when else when else are you getting to really dive into what's going on in their heart, in their mind, in their lives? When else are they learning to engage in conversation? When else are they learning to think critically about things going on in the world? When else are they seeing, uh, are they learning active listening? Like I'll ask Graham about his day and he'll proceed to talk for the next, like, you know, maybe 40 minutes, but we're all. <laughs> hey, come on. Hey, wait, pause. That's happened before, but that's. It's true. We have to actually really, we've had to work on that with putting a cap on talking about work at the dinner table because of that reason. Like it's not because of Graham. We could both just go a hundred rounds. We could mastermind all dinner and our kids just are like gouging their eyes out forks. Um, But where else are you learning? Like, oh, what happened in your day? Okay. How did you navigate that? What did you feel? What did you think about that? Oh, Vera, I'm so sorry that you got left out of that game or you were, you know, whatever. How did you feel about that? What did you decide to do? Oh, wow, Chloe, that was a really hard situation with that friend. What are you going to do next time? Them hearing also the way that Graham and I talk to each other, the way that we turn and look at each other as we're engaging and the way that we ask follow-up questions and speak with respect and kindness towards each other. There's just not a lot of other touch points in the modern family where everyone is together facing each other. That's not even in the car, you know, where we're all together facing each other and we try to, you know, spend 30 minutes there. So, so much life and character development and learning happens in that little window at the dinner table. It just is probably the most like the epicenter of character development and connection in our house over the years. Well said. Yeah, it'll change your life. And that's the one thing that I think both Shay and I benefited greatly from with our parents growing up yeah. was fighting for family dinners. And that's yeah, where we saw our families it. did did family dinner and really fought for that into the high school years. I think from what I've heard, it gets very hard to do it in the high school years. But as far as I see it, like if we can invest all that time now, then those relationships will have been built. The respect and expectations and communication rhythms will have been built. And then we can weather, you know, being separated when, cause kids are working and people are going here and there. Well, yeah. Cause you've set a, a standard of what's the norm. And so like mm-hmm. missing a dinner as a family is the exception to the rule, right. not the rule. Right. And you get to decide that. So, you know, there's always something pulling at your family and pulling at us and we're no exception. So oh, yeah. you have to decide what the standard though is, no matter what the pull is going to be. 
Um, but even if you don't have kids, right? Like imagine you're going to work, your spouse goes to work or whatever, like having that one point in the day where you're getting a chance to decompress, mm-hmm. right? Cause we all need to like just process, like it's yeah. the whole lamppost strategy, right? Like mm-hmm. a guy could walk home from work. And even if he just stopped and looked at a lamppost and talked to the lamppost about his day yeah. for 30 minutes, it'd be like therapy. He'd feel better cause he decompressed oh and, you know, so with the decompression. Music? When I think about decompression, yes. like we put some music on at dinner, like that just like re- really does a lot to relax us and de- help decompress. Absolutely. Sorry, and then it, 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 that's all right. It, it is a decompression and it's a chance for um, maybe you to even like notice some of the feelings you felt during the day or mm-hmm. um, remember like a conversation you had, either good or bad, but it's a, it's a slowing down. It's like a pause in your day mm-hmm. where you're forced to sit and if you remove the screens, it might be the only time in your day where you're away from a screen yeah. and you're not going, 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 which is sad. But if you could fight for one thing, it's a simple thing to remember. Family dinner. Tech-free. Uh, Tech-free family, family dinner. Yeah, it could change your life. And carry that to when you're out at the restaurant too. Like just family dinner should be tech-free. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And fourth and final commitment. And this one I think is really important, right? Because everyone's talking about um, business and your family and how do you, how do you keep them both flourishing? Well, the fourth commitment is that we actually try to stay connected to something bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. A third thing. So beyond just, let's make sure our businesses are flourishing and make sure our family is flourishing. We actually try as a family to make sure that we are all of us, not just for our kids, like connected to something way bigger than ourselves. The outside world. <laughs> There are other people out there, it turns out, than just the Cochrane family or just our customers or our biz, our team. Um, and so three simple categories that this shows up at for us. And then Shay, you can unpack what, what it means to you. But one is just community, like your friendships, community, interacting with people. Do you have people over for dinner? Do you have mm-hmm. friendships? Are you doing anything with people outside of your family or your work? Uh, mm-hmm. Second one for us is our faith. We're a big part of our church and committed to like, understanding there's something bigger than even just us as human beings. And then just travel is a third one. Like we try to literally see the rest of the world to realize, wow, there's other cultures and other people and they do things differently and they look different than us and they sound different than us. And that awareness of how big the world is really helps both your business problems seem to diminish and your family problems seem to diminish when there's this third category of other human beings outside Mm of it. Yeah. So good. And I'm, for those of you that are like, oh, travel, that sounds great, but I have little kids or I don't have the finances for that. I think realizing that there are other people out there can be just as broad as your community, your state. I mean, this you don't have to travel the world to know that there are other people that have different life situations than you. Um, one way that we've tried to bring that into our home is through participation in Compassion International as an organization. So bringing the lives of families on the other side of the world into the epicenter of our home, caring for them, financially praying for them, being involved in their life and development. Um, That's one way to do it without traveling, but also like going and working at, I mean, we have like Metropolitan Ministries is a big thing here in Tampa, as is Feeding Tampa Bay. We can get the kids involved in being a part of some of those things that are just going to expose us to other people that are living differently than ourselves and remind us like, wow, there's a whole big world out there. 
Not, you know, like sometimes that can be helpful. Like my problems that feel very big to me are are actually very small. So there's a lot of ways to do that. Don't tune out if you're like, yeah, travel must be nice. Uh, there's a lot of way to do that. But we struggle to even make time for our friends, let alone make time for people who aren't our friends. So I really think this is something that you end up having to fight for. Um, it's just being not isolating as a family, not being so busy that you can't really connect with people on a, on a meaningful level, um, can't hear and engage in other people's realities because you're on the go so much. So there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Yeah. And I think community is an easy one, right? Like it's an easy one to fight for. All of us know another person or couple or someone that we could do life with. Just have them over for dinner or go meet them for drinks or, you know, just have a picnic together or just fight for some time where you're interacting with other people because with I think- your kids. <laughs> Well, yeah, and not everyone has kids. I'm just speaking to anybody. But if you have kids, like definitely it's a bonus for them. But even without kids, just connecting with other people mm -hmm. reminds you that there's a, there's other stories, right? There's your story and your story is, is wonderful and it's unique and God's given it to you and he has a plan for you. But like, it's not all about you and it's not all about me. There's other stories. And it's so encouraging when you just connect with another friend or a couple or even someone new you don't know very well. And let's have them over for dinner. You, you get ideas and inspiration and you're like, wow, like the things that they think about or the way they think about it, or their personality or their challenges they've had growing up or something that they're a part of that's really cool. Yeah. It just opens you up. And then the bonus, if you do have kids, have couples over as much as you can or people over as much as you can and let your kids sit at the table, again, tech-free and listen and, and engage too. But even if they just want to listen, yeah. they're absorbing so many different things, mm -hmm. the body, you know, uh, like the body language and then the, the way they talk about things and learning different people's backgrounds and stories. Because our kids think that, you know, Shay and I are just kind of weirdos a lot of times. And, and, and the way, like we're, whatever our rules are, they don't like it. But the moment they see there's other adults that have different views and they have different experience, they're like, huh, mm -hmm. interesting. Adults aren't all the same. Yeah. People aren't all the same. And it just exposes them to something more and it exposes us. And one little funny side note is Shay and I have always said, even before we had kids, every time we have a couple over for dinner, it's really good for our marriage. <laughs> No matter how awesome like, the couple it's a is. Sociological principle. I didn't even come up with it that couples that hang out with other couples report higher rates of satisfaction with their own relationship. Cause you hang out with other people and you're like, yeah, glad I didn't choose them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all of our friends listening are I know. Like, if what? if you're our friend, I'm not it's, it's not a no, judgment on you. It's it's a this is science. This is just science we're talking <laughs> this about. Science. This is not an opinion. <laughs> this is not grammar shay. Hey, I have a fifth one. I have a bonus, a bonus one. Bonus commitment. Sneak it in. Can we do that? Can I add one more? Go for it. You already, okay. you already started it. I'm not going to stop you. Last now. one. I know we're going to cut this short because then we're, we could just talk forever. Last one that I really think matters and goes a long way towards thriving both in business and life. And I think we may even do a whole episode on this at some point, but I think you have to have regular patterns for honest assessment of how family, life, marriage, and work are going. Because none of this stuff is gonna just magically align itself and take you in the direction that you wanna go without ever having really, A, decided where you wanna go, but B, checked the temperature on how things are going and where are you currently. So for Graham and I, that looks like, I mean, all the time, <laughs> we gotta have all, all the time, too much conversation about assessment, but, at a minimum, and when the kids were little, and it's just very hard to even have any time to connect, any time for conversation, any time for assessment, uh, we would try to get a sitter one time a year 
to do a day away, a kind of planning day away. And usually it was uh, around January, early January. And we would kind of together go through at its simplest, what's working about life right now and what's not working. You know, start with what's working so you can encourage yourself. You know, we have a two-year-old. That's awesome. You know, she's healthy. We're still married. You know, we have a roof over our heads. Like, what's working? I'm really enjoying family walks in the evenings. What's not working? Bedtime's a scramble. I'm not getting enough sleep. You know, we're fighting a lot. Honest assessment of how things are going um, across multiple areas of life. Again, I think we'll get into another episode about this maybe. Um, But there's like nine sectors of life. You can find them online. That's not from us. How is how are each of these going? How's leisure going? How's you know leisure play? How's work going? How's health going? How's marriage going? How's spirituality going? How's uh, community going? How are relationships going? And we would just ask each other those questions and give each other the freedom to answer honestly, and couple that with some questions like, "How do you think I'm doing as a mom? How do you think I'm doing as a wife?" And be willing to not be defensive and listen for the answer. We also regularly ask our kids these questions uh, as they've gotten older. But even starting, you know, probably around the age five or six, like, what do you guys think about mommy and daddy's use of our phones? That's a fun dinner time conversation. And you just give them the chance to give you feedback. Man, there's so much growth in feedback. So I think if I were going to add a bonus fifth thing, it's set aside time even if it is just one time a year, but maybe ideally it would be like quarterly and tick through all areas of life and just say, how's it going? What's working and what's not working? Um, Whether or not you build the scaffolding of amazing goal setting, you know, plan together or not, which we usually don't, it just helps you take a temperature and make shifts so that you continue to be unified caring for each other, going after what you want, um, building the life and the family life that you want, building character into your children. Uh, Because sometimes it's like, you know, we're seeing this issue in our house. Like there's just a lot of jealousy in our house. Like, okay, what are we going to do about that? How are we going to talk to the kids about this issue? So intentionality, intentional conversation, and honest feedback. I think it's just like a a critical um, commitment to stay in a healthy place. I love it. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that in. We'll have to do an episode on that because there's a lot there, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't, the great news is it doesn't take much. If you yeah. just spent one day a year asking those questions, it could change your life for the better. hundred yeah. percent. Mm-hmm. Well, there you guys go. My, my hope is in this episode that, um, you, you found one, one of those commitments that yeah. you're like, you know what? I think I could do that. Dude, that could change your, your life, your family yep. and your business and everything. So if you're watching on YouTube, would you just leave a comment below and let me know what is the one commitment of these five that really resonated with you? That you're like, you know what? I, I want to do that. I, there's some energy there. There's something that, that spoke to me about that. I want to do that. There's no shoulds. This is not guilt. This is not even prescriptive. This is what has worked for us. Yeah. But like, if you get excited about one of those five, that's a really good sign that there's something there for you. There's a gift on the other side of that commitment. So let us know in a comment below. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a review. Let us know the same thing there. Shay, any last thoughts on sort of committing to allowing our businesses and family to flourish? Anything we missed? No, I love what you said. And I'll just, I'll just underscore it. It's like even a 1% change 
a 1% change and then a 1% change and then 1% change adds up to a 100% change eventually. So even if you can just focus on a 1% change, I really do think if they did any one of the things that we've talked about, it would be really impactful. These weren't small things. I mean, if you did any one of those things and then it's worth it, this isn't about shoulds, but like, man, family's a gift. Marriage is a gift. Kids are a gift. Life is a gift. Community is a gift. So I, when you love your work, it's easy to just get sucked into the concept that like work is everything. Work is your world. Man, there's so much more. There's so much more. And in caring for the so much more and turning your attention and intentionality to all of this that's outside of work, your work is going to flourish even more because you're going to be showing up in a full, healthy, supported, cared for um state. And it's going to allow you to do better work. So everyone will benefit and you'll be able to sustain longer in it because your relationships outside of work will be healthy and, and self-sustaining. So you can do it. Even just, even just one of those things will make a huge difference. Love it. This is a fun conversation. Thanks babe for coming on. Thank yeah. you guys for hanging out with us today and listening and watching in. Have an amazing rest of your day. We will see you on another episode real soon. Bye.